Welcome to Hope Talks Podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. We would love your feedback and invite you to take a short, anonymous survey. You can find the link to the survey in the show notes. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. Today's broadcast will be part two of Dave and Donna Ficus testimony. If you missed part one of their testimony, you can find that on our website, cotnaz.org. Click Watch, Listen, and click Hope Talks, and that was December 24th program. Now here is part two of their testimony. May God bless. Your oh wow moment. Oh. When you got God. and Well, it, that was earlier. That, but... was, that was right before we started doing Celebrate. My dad and both of my brothers were mathematicians. They were all actuaries. And actuaries are rated by how many tests they pass. There's seven of them. Very few passed seven. My dad passed three, did very well for himself. Both my brothers passed all seven. Steve became very successful, sold two companies for $100 million each. That's my older brother. Jay passed all seven. And the difference between him and Steve was it nearly killed Steve. Jay walked through him. Jay was like Matt Damon in Goodwill Hunting. He was a math prodigy. Uh, about the age of 35, he quit his job in finance, became a firefighter. He, he hated finance. He hated he hated math. He hated computer science. He had degrees in both. Became a firefighter. Dad and Steve were really angry because they you know wasted potential. And I remember Jay called me. He said, "You know what do you think I should do?" I'm going, "You got to do what you want to do. You know, mm-hmm. firefighting is what you do. You do it." Years later, at the age of 51, he died in a fire. And, you know, Steve was my hero growing up. Jay was my hero later on. And it, I don't want to say it destroyed our family because we're still standing, but it was horrible. You know, you lose a parent, that's one thing. You lose your younger brother, it's, oh, it's horrible. And a lot of my family is on the East Coast. Jay was on the East Coast. And they would call, they called and they said, you know, my sister, she's a lawyer. She called, we're struggling, we're struggling. And I got off the phone. I told Don, I said, I think I need to get out there quickly. And she goes, you go. Zach and I will be you know, right behind you. And so I went out there and I was praying on the plane. You know, what am I going to do? How, how do I help people? I'm, you know, I'm destroyed. How can I help people if I'm hurting this bad? And God responded, you heal by healing. And so I went in there and had the firefighters. They break down everything. You know, they, they had two public, not viewings, but where the public comes in and meets the family. It was rainy, it was windy, it was cold. For four hours, the public stood outside to come meet us for two straight days. And I remember they said, it'll get overwhelming. You know, they'll have a room that you can go and take five if you need to. And I'm going, telling Don, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can do this. But I did. I did a, both days, four hours, never took a break. And what I told people over and over, and I, I, I can't quote scripture. I don't have that kind of short-term memory anymore. I'm not a Bible pounder. But I said over and over, I said, God doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't stick it to people. This happened for a reason, you know, and great things are going to happen. And I said this over and over because these people coming in, they were hurting worse than I was. You know, the paramedic who worked on Jay for 45 minutes, he he was torn up. The pastor, she was like, she couldn't talk at times. And I kept telling him the same thing. He doesn't stick it to people. He doesn't make mistakes. Great things will happen. So we're at church after this happens, a refuge with a pastor named Travis Zachary. And we're doing a Bible study. And it wasn't really a Bible study. You go in on Wednesday nights, he put a verse up, and then you just talk about life. And this guy stood up, 
and he was crying. And he said his niece, 11 years old, was killed in a drive-by shooting. And then he said, God doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't stick it to people. Great things will happen. And Donna turned to me. Her mouth was wide open, and tears were just coming down her face. She goes, that's what you said. And that's when she got it. And that's when I got it because I really struggled. I, I was angry at God. I didn't doubt his will, but I was angry. I'm going, why would God do this? You know, I had a better relationship now with my sister-in-law because I always talked to my brother. I never talked to her. They named rewards of Balor after Jay. They named us a fire station after him, a highway, a park. But all that stuff piled on the table to me wasn't equal for what I lost. And so I kept wanting to know, God, what is it that's so, so great? And then I realized if it brings one person to Christ, it's worth it. It's worth Amen. it 10 times over. Amen. And that's where I've gained comfort in my brother's death. Oh, that's powerful. And I'll follow that up and I'll say one of the things too. So, you know, in that about 10 years um, between when Dave had gotten sober and when that happened and in that 10 years, you know, like I said, we went to church. I helped in the children's stuff. I, you know, I did. We, we kind of bounced around to churches in that time, but always did stuff, got involved in the churches. Um, and I felt that's what I, w- I was doing, what I was supposed to do. Um, but I wouldn't say that my faith grew in that time. Um, and so that, you know, with that, um, when Jay passed away, the other, the other thing that happened with that was just watching, um, Laura, who's his wife, watching how she handled it. And, um, you know, Laura has great faith and, you know, we didn't realize at that time, you know, Dave talked to Jay all the time, um, and they would talk about God sometimes, but you didn't really know how involved because they were in Delaware and we were in Texas and how involved they were in church and how strong their faith was. But one of those things going through there and list, you know, all these people that came through and would talk about the things that Jay, Oh, well, Jay went to the youth group, you know, took the kids camping, did this, did that. And all these things that uh, he did in the church and that Lord did in the church. And we kind of realized that at that time, we're like, we didn't know that, they did all this. Um, but watching Laura through all of that too. So, you know, we were up there for a week. There was another firefighter who had died at the same time with Jay and then a firefighter who, um, was in the hospital who passed away later, you know, and Laura, she would stop, you know, we'd all be at her house and she would stop and say, okay, well, the other family is getting ready to do this. So let's stop and pray for them. Um, or when we were getting ready to go out to, you know, go to the funerals and the things that, okay, let's say a prayer before we go. And I just remember like watching that and going, you know, this is such a terrible time in her life, but she still has that strength to do this. And, um, we had gone up there that year. We went up at Christmas time and saw her and I had asked her about it. She said, honestly, I don't, I don't remember anything that I said. And she said, that was God that did that. Um, and so that was a huge thing for me too, just that seeing that faith and seeing that, um, you know, just l- turning that over to God was huge that, um, that made me want, you know, I thought, and I think I said that to you, if I could have half as much faith as Laura did, I think I'd be doing pretty good, you know? And so th- coupled with that and then like, you know, sitting in church and hearing that and going, you know, Hey, this is exactly 
Because I stood right next to Dave and heard him say that over and over and over again to people. Um, and saying that and then watching people walk off, they, you know, come up and they're really down. And it gave them hope as yeah. they walked mm-hmm. off. Um, and, you know, you'd see them smile when they walked off. Um, and then hearing that again in church, you know, not a coincidence that mm-hmm. it was like the exact same words. And so that made me want to have more than what I had um, and be more involved in my walk with Christ. So, The one thing about faith is we tend to look at others and compare our faith on who has stronger faith. You know, I do. I still do it. You know, I sit with Margaret. I talk to Margaret and go, oh, man. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I feel my faith's pretty good, but I get around her. There's this lady named here to you get around her and go, I just, wow, I, I, I wish I had that faith. <laughs> But God doesn't rake us on yeah. our faith. Yeah. You, know, it, yeah. it, you want to talk about black and white. Yeah. You know, it's pretty black and white. You yeah. either do or you don't. Yeah. And we get in the problem you know, that we do do that. Sometimes right. we make ourselves feel not worthy right. because we think, you know, I want to be better. I want to be better. I right. want to be the best at it. You know, life's not a competition. But we know it really yes. is. Right. <laughs> right. And that's we get caught in our own race. Right. Yeah. Well, you all shared about this uh, difficult loss in your family, and um, obviously the Lord had a lot to do with helping y'all deal with that, and I'm sure still deal with it. But just if somebody is listening and they dealt with an unexpected loss, um, what is something that you would mention to them to just some advice, some you know, from experience to help them get through that difficult we, time. We struggled. I mean, it was hard. I mean, for me, I got back. God got me through the funeral yeah. stuff. But I had to deal with my stuff later on. And I remember it was on my birthday after his death. He died on September 24th, 2016. And my birthday's November 5th. And I remember that day. And it had really nothing to do with my birthday. It was just coincidence. But I was really struggling. And I remember having a conversation with my wife and my sister, the lawyer sister, who really is gray on God. Mm-hmm. He, she believes in higher power, but she really will not commit. But uh, on this time, she said something very wise. And I was saying, I was really upset because I wasn't there for him. You know, we were in Texas. Jay died in Delaware. Jay was a year younger than me. The difference was I, growing up, I played baseball. I was a middle linebacker. I was center fielder, 6'1". Jay was 5'7", 125 pounds. Jay got picked on. And I was always there to prevent that. And I felt like I could have done something, even though I was a thousand miles away. And, you know, I was talking to Donna and I said, you know, he was alone and it bothers me. She goes, he wasn't alone. God was there. I said, yeah, but I could have done something. She goes, you couldn't have done something. And my sister later on followed up with, if God had wanted you to do something, he wouldn't have had you a thousand miles away. That's good. right? And it made me think, that was God's work. Mm-hmm. It is so powerful the way he works. And most of the time when he's working, we don't even realize he's working until we have the foresight to look back right. and say, you know, this has been happening in my yeah. life. God, he saved my life so many yeah. times. Never realized what he was doing until I was in a position I could yeah. look back and recognize. I think I've shared that idea here before, but, you know, Moses said he wanted to see God. You know, we ask in the midst of things, God, where are you? And God said, you can't see me face to face. But after I pass by, you can see me from behind. Mm -hmm. 
And isn't that what happens? We look back and we see where God, he was so in it with us that he was too close for us to even see what was happening. But when we pass through those hard times so often, we can look back and go, oh, yeah, he was there. He is faithful. And um, he can't be anything other than that because that's who he is. Well, and when this happened, you know, Jay was such a big part of my life. I talked to him two to three times a day on the phone. I don't know how many times he'd get off the phone because the alarm would sound and he'd have to go. And I never once thought, oh, my God, he's in danger. He was always, he's so smart. He will not let anything happen. But after it happened, Donna had found a book. And it, I don't know if it was the title of the book or just the premise, A New Kind of Normal. And what it states is when you lo- have a loss like that, that your life changes, that it's never going to go back to normal. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, in Jay's, I, I always felt like a bulldozer scooped a hunk of my life out and left a hole. And after the pain left, that hole was filled with concrete, you know, but what happens when you fill a hole with concrete amongst yeah. a field, pretty soon stuff starts to grow. Yeah. You don't see it. It's like we said about God, you don't see it when it's happening. But one day you'll walk by and through the cracks, there's a flower. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon there's a whole new landscape that was never there that wouldn't have been possible without mm-hmm. the tragedy mm-hmm. happening. And that's where you, you don't see the big picture. You know, God thinks so much bigger than we do. Mm-hmm. He knows so many steps ahead of what we do. We think just right now how it feels. You know, mm-hmm. what do we like about it? We don't see the whole picture. Mm-hmm. And eventually that hole gets filled up and you'll see the God's beauty at work. Dave talked about, um, you know, Jay's wife, Laura. Jay was a big influence in our life. Very good um, Yes. But, um, you know, Laura hadn't been, Laura was Jay's wife. And so it's like, you would talk to Jay and you would do this and, you know, Laura was there, but she never was really part of that. And she really has become a big part of our lives, but really a big part in your family now too. Um, you know, the family just really embraced her. And she had said at one point she didn't really expect the family to kind of take her in um, like they did. But she's part of that family. Um, and so, you know, that's been something. You're talking about that filling in the concrete that that's part of that new landscape is that relationship with Laura in that way. No, um, and she made the comment about my brothers and sisters the loyalty that, you know, she said, you guys are so loyal to each other. And I don't want to make us sound like we're choir boys or girls. You know, go, go, go. (laughs) (laughs) Two of us got kicked off a church choir. No, we're not. But boy, like when it comes to protecting people like Laura, we did surround her and none of us are unhappy about that. Mm -hmm. You know, we hold her in this, you know, you're, egomaniac alpha people we hold her in a higher esteem than we hold ourselves i truthfully believe that's universal among all my siblings and just to think about the influence the quiet influence that she had in jay's life and maybe he had in hers but um and and, you know i believe that i mean we know in the garden everything kind of went awry right that's why we have the pain that's why we have hurt um and sin in the world but with, um, you know, I believe that we have a free will and God didn't, I don't believe that was his best for Jay, 
but it's a part of being in this world full of sin and all of the things um, that we see that can go wrong. And in my belief, I wouldn't say that God caused that, but he can bring about, uh, what's the scripture? Well, the verse I was thinking about is how, you know, the enemy might have meant it for evil, but God used it for good. See, that saying can be said for me. You know, it's like you talk about miracles, and on my story, a lot of people point to the not drinking as a miracle. But that's not the miracle. The miracle is where he's led me today. You know, I've done rough math, you know, and in the 16-plus years that I've been going to AA, I've spoke to X amount of people this many days a week, this many weeks a year, this many years. I've gone to CR now totally seven years, years, seven years, six, six seven years. Seven. I've talked to people in CR weekly, you know, here, here, here. And you're probably talking 16 plus years. I've spoken to people about recovery and God, probably 50,000 people. Now, 17 years ago, when I'm drinking myself to sleep, was that a possibility? You know, no, there's the miracle that yeah. took, God took an yeah. alcoholic yeah. like me, a sinner like me. Right. And and like I said, I'm still a sinner, guys, but my life's so much better. You know, Jay, he talked about Laura and what a peaceful influence she was on him. You know, Jay wasn't a saint. Jay had an anger issue, sort of like your dad, you know. But it goes back to, I remember when Jay was four, he had an anger issue. I think it has to do with being so smart and having so little tolerance for people. I remember... Mom trying to teach, who had a high school diploma, teaching my sister Kim and myself Algebra 2. And we had to get Jay, who's a year younger than me, come and help us. He's never taken Algebra 2. <laughs> and Jay got so mad because we couldn't yeah. understand how simple Algebra 2 was. He never even That's took the hilarious. class. You know, God gave Jay Laura nobody more perfect for his situation. Mm-hmm. God gave me my wife, who had so much patience when I drank. God gave my wife and I a beautiful son, magnificent mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know um, Romans eight twenty eight says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. And He doesn't waste a hurt. Right, right. He really doesn't. And you know, I I just have to say. Uh, we didn't really uh, introduce you all um, at the beginning of the broadcast. I just remember on a Monday night, this couple walking in to celebrate recovery. What, back in April or May? April, yeah. It was April. And you're from Texas, and you've just um, taken a job at JMU. And what is your title? I teach in hospitality. Yeah. Uh, and so you all were coming up to look for a place to live and to do some paperwork at JMU and then celebrate recovery was going to be important. So you all came to visit and said, we'll be back in June. And I think you found a place that weekend. You weren't sure if you were going to find one, but you found one housing here is a little crazy and come to find out you're celebrate recovery leaders. And, um, I know we've joked about it a few times. Uh, I mean, before you all left to go back, you came back into the church on a Wednesday to ask about the church, mm-hmm. and you want to know, does this church uh, support Celebrate Recovery, or does it just happen here? And had a great conversation with you all that day, and you said that you'd be back. And in June, you showed up, and I don't think y'all were planning to really get involved, and you've just stepped in, and it amazes me 
how you have just fit into the fabric of recovery here and are just tremendous leaders. And we've even started a grief and trauma group um, that you are helping lead. And Dave, you just stepped right into helping lead a group that needed a co-leader. And I've watched you all just become a part of the family of God and, and want to do your part to help others. And when we hear from God and he heals us, uh, we can't help but tell others, right? Like it just becomes just hearing your all's hearts today and hearing the way God met you in the places where you desperately needed that tender touch from him. And we can't always see way down the road like God can, right? Beth Moore wrote a book one time. It was called Just Enough Light for the Step I'm On. And I have watched you all since you've been here. It doesn't mean everything's been great and perfect, just like all of our lives. But you've just taken the next step. And your faith has continued to grow. So I just thank you so much for just how you've leaned in. You didn't come in. And sometimes when we go to a church, we just we kind of gauge how people know us, how well they know us. And you all just came in transparent and said, hey, here's who we are, what our family looks like. And I'm like, yes, you know. So it's been beautiful just to engage you all and Zach and to have you a part of not just Celebrate Recovery, but you stepped in and you've helped best week ever. You were helping uh, lead a cooking team. And I know um, you have quite a, a passion for teaching others about both of you have a passion for teaching Mm -hmm. as that's been both your professions and um, just amazes me how God has opened doors and we had needs here as a team and a church that needed certain volunteers and it's been beautiful. No, and we didn't intend. So our intent was um, we're going to move here. So first of all, we we try, we wanted Mm -hmm. to get back to Virginia. We knew this is where we wanted to be. Um, And so we tried to get to Harrisonburg three times. The third time was the charm. Um, so I had actually applied for jobs um, because moving was going to depend on my job. So I had applied in 2016. Um, I was interviewed. I came out, uh, did an on-campus interview, didn't get that job, uh, ended up that we were in Lubbock at the time, ended up going to um, SFA in Nacogdoches, um, and then our intent was we were going to go and stay in Nacogdoches four years and then move on. And then that was when COVID hit. And so jobs weren't open. Um, and then when they did open, a job opened at JMU and I applied for that. And that was uh, what has started in uh, 2022. And um, so I applied, I got interviewed. I got brought out to campus on Zoom um, to interview. I did that, did not get that job. Um, and then this job opened up and my first thought was, I've already tried twice. And, why and why would I apply? Before um, this job opened, they, they contacted her and said, we want you to hey, apply for this yeah, job. Yeah, this job's going to open. open. So I said, well, all right, I'll apply. And, they and I applied, and I came out to interview, and you know, I did my interview, and I went home, and I went, oh, the interview was fine, but I don't know. You know, because I had in my mind this, I don't know, because I've already tried twice, and do I you know, want to do it? But... One of the cool things we about got it was the job. She got an offer, and the offer wasn't what it needed to be. It was, you know, it's like I don't know if we can afford to take this. You know, I mean, we want to do it, we can. And Donna's very upset. I'm going, well, this is what you do. We will counteroffer. That's what you do in this thing. They always say you will yeah. always counteroffer. And so we were saying, okay, you'll call them back tonight with the counter. 
About an hour later, they called her and they said, we got a better offer for you. Wow. You know, yeah. so, never had to counter. You know, it was God's time and it, it was God's timing because when we got here, you know, we were going, experiencing some new struggles and God put us in the right place for those struggles. And so God our, wanted us here. God wanted us here. And our, our original intent was we're going to look around at some different churches and we're going to go to celebrate recovery, but we're just going to go and we're just going <laughs> to enjoy it. Um, and so we got to, you know, first Sunday and okay, where do we want to go? And Dave said, well, we might as well go to the church of the Nazarene. Cause we've, you know, and we really we, like celebrate recovery. So, so let's, let's try it. And we never went anywhere else. So our whole plan of checking out churches did not, you know, this was it. We, we stayed here, celebrate recovery, like a couple weeks in yeah, three weeks in Lewis, had, Lewis, such a good guy. He comes in and he said, Hey Dave, uh, pastor Margaret. Wondering if uh, <laughs> um, Donald would maybe like to um, be leaders and celebrate recovery. And we went, sure, why and not? Don, Donna yeah. wasn't even there. Donna wasn't even there. And, and I said, Dave's like, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't even need to talk to her about it. Yeah, we will. So our whole plan, you know, was, but it it, it was God's plan to do this. And, and it was God, God wanted us here. God put us here because... Um, this was the place that we needed to be to go through some things. And well, yeah, we had some challenges that we were getting ready to face that we did not know about. And God put us here because there was people here to help us. Yeah. But that's the short right. sighted right. part of it. God mm-hmm. wants us here for something right. bigger that we don't know. And we don't, right. yeah. we might not right. ever know. But it's good. That's right. But, uh, but I will say, like, the Celebrate purpose. Recovery, we've, we're doing the step studies right now. And that's just, you know, f- for me, that's been just amazing. So we did step studies in Nacogdoches, but they were really small. And so here, you know, it's a little bit, it's, it's small, but it's a little bit bigger. But just, you know, from my standpoint, the things that I've experienced in the step study so far um, have just been amazing. And just um, the other ladies that are in the step study with me, you know, it's like a little family and it's just, it's wonderful, you know, and it's, you know, yeah, I want to make sure these people are okay and I want to check in and I, you know, do things. And so, um, it's been, you know, talking about that growing your faith, you know, it's sort of, you know, we've talked about, uh, when we were in CR in in Nacogdoches, we went and we did CR and it was kind of like the went and you did church and yeah, we were leaders and we did what we needed to do. But here I feel like, um, you know, it's not just coming in to do what I need to do. And it's the everything that comes outside of that as well that I want to be a part of. Um, And so it really is kind of opening, I think for me at least, opening me up to other possibilities and things too. Celebrate Recovery, Barbara and Billy, they did an outstanding job and it was small and we, we struggled through COVID as many recovery groups did, but it also prepared us for Mm -hmm. what we were coming to because four years ago or whatever, how long it's been since we were doing it, we're not the same people we were four years ago. You know, God's prepared us in a way that only he can. And, this is just our next step. Right. We don't know what's next. And, you know, when when people walk in and they are at rock bottom or they have dealt with trauma and um, to be able to look at them and to see something that they can't see, to believe for them till they can believe for themselves, mm-hmm. that minister of reconciliation, 
to where you can begin to speak hope into, just like um, Nurse Mike did you. When you speak that hope, when you speak that, oh, you have purpose here, you know, and and they look at you and go, wow, really? That was you? You did that? Like you were an alcoholic or you had grief, you had trauma? And they can't hardly believe it because God has done this work. Mm-hmm. Um, in our lives, I'm including myself in that, uh, to where we haven't arrived. We are on this journey for the rest of our life to be more like Christ, but um, our mission statement here is transformed by God to bring hope to others through Christ. And when I look at you two, that's what I see. I see this transformation that's happened. And because you've been willing and you've believed by faith that he is who he says he is, uh, we find ourselves here. Mm-hmm. And he'll coming to Celebrate Recovery doesn't make everything better, but it gives us tools and equips us to engage the things that life throws at us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we find community. And so I would want to say that if anybody's listening today, that this is a place for anybody from any church. We have leaders from other churches um, and people from drive quite a ways to get here to be a part of this uh, ministry. So thank you all for just leaning in Mm -hmm. and uh, being willing to show up and engage, but then today to come in and just vulnerably share your story means a lot. It's our pleasure. Dave and Donna, thank you for joining us on Hope Talks today. It's been great to have you. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. We pray that today's broadcast has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Hope Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Hope Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX. 